What's up, what's up? Another week, another podcast. This is your favorite football podcast, the Football Academy. I'm here, Sapoon, tonight with Braden. How's it going, sir? Uh, it's pretty good. Uh, we've got some uh, good games to talk about coming up, and so let's hope we uh, do a little better than last week. Absolutely, and uh, let's quickly go over the two midweek games that we had before we get into the betting side of things. Uh, one-one draw between Burnley and Fulham. Um, I I think Fulham needed the result a bit more than Burnley to win the game. Uh, not a good look for Burnley, not to get the three points at home, but you know what? A point, they'll take it. They'll move on, and Sean Dash will do what Sean Dash does. Yeah, fully agree. Burnley are just. They're staying up, and so I don't think that they're really that concerned with it. They're going to get the three points when they can, but by and large, they're going to do what Burnley do most matches. Uh, Fulham, like like you mentioned, I fully agree. They needed this a little bit more than Burnley did, and they didn't get it. And this is kind of this is an opportunity missed for them. They've got to take these chances when they come, I think, and, and start getting three points a little bit more. They they kind of stopped the bleeding from earlier when they were just losing a lot of games, and now they're drawing them, which is better, but they need to take that next step, and they just need to get three points a few more times because, to be honest, like they're within touching distance of Newcastle. They can get there uh, because I don't see Newcastle taking off and you know, being incredible in the run-in. But it's just going to be whether they can, whether they can get three points enough times to to make that jump. Yeah, I think that that's a fair fair assessment. And when I'm looking at the table, I I do think there is a path to safety for Fulham. But uh, as you said, unless the wins start coming, it will be very very hard for them. And uh, talking about wins uh, and being hard to come, it seems like a team that is manufactured them literally every game they've played in the last 18 games i believe or 17 games at this point are manchester city or 19 games for that matter i don't know the number hard to keep up with the manchester city um absolutely amazing win at goodison at 1-1 i had a slim hope that something might happen but at the end of the day man city are just a better team and they're going to goodison getting the result that both leicester and uh United have failed to get against Everton. So it kind of tells you the golf in class and how much better they are than the chasing pack. Yeah, I I don't have that much more to add to it. I think it was a pretty even game overall. But on City, you have a couple players who make the difference, and they made the difference in this game. That uh, Mahrez's winner in this was just an absolutely incredible strike, and that's what he's capable of doing. And that's the thing that happens when you can sign a player like him and – he never becomes a permanent starter in a team. Like he's just a guy who's floated around the 18 man squad his entire time at city. And, you know, he comes up and makes a difference every once in a while. And that, that, that can be the difference between a league champion and a team that's trying to make top four. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And, uh, both these teams have big, big games coming up and we're going to start previewing them Braden, do you want to give them a rundown of uh, how we're going to preview these games? Yeah, so if it's your first time uh, listening to us, uh, welcome, first of all. Uh, but uh, second of all, we'll go through real quick uh, what we do. We get 100 pod bucks for each match that we can bet on the three-way money line. Uh, so that's going to be uh, Team A win, Team B win, or the draw. And so we'll give the odds for each game, and uh, we'll go through it. We'll kind of talk about it with the context of the odds and what we like and where we might see value in that. And uh, 
on the review show. Uh, it'll come out next week. Uh, we'll tally up the results and we'll see how we did. Yeah, that sounds like a fair, fair game plan. We are going to get started. And the first game that we have scheduled Friday, I think it's an absolutely amazing game to kick things off. Wolverhampton Wanderers at home taking on Leeds United. We've got Wolves at plus 150, Leeds at plus 190, draw at plus 230, over-unders at two and a half. I'm going to smash that over as far as goals are concerned in this game. How do you think this game is going to go, though? Yeah, so uh, that's a good point uh, straight off. I think that this is going to be a high-scoring game. We talk about Leeds. They're a team that plays with a lot of intensity, but they allow a lot of goals. It's a little bit of a contrasting style to Wolves. Because Wolves are a team that's generally pretty solid at the back and just, especially this year uh, after Jimenez got injured, they haven't really had much going forward. Although I kind of think that uh, William Jose might be starting to get a little bit of that going and they do have a few people who can make a difference. I I think if you watched watched Arsenal uh, Leeds last week, I think you saw that technical players can really make a difference against this Leeds team if they can play their way out of the press. And I think that Wolves do have players with uh, potence. You think of Neto. Uh, you think of guys who who have that technical ability. And then you've got a guy like Adama Traore who can just run in behind and just beat the press through sheer physicality. I think it's a really good uh, opportunity for Wolves here to get a win. Uh, I'm going with Wolves plus favorite. Uh, all the things we mentioned, I like them a lot in this game. Absolutely. I think this is going to be a classic, classic Premier League game, in my opinion, and hopefully lives up to its billing because it is going to be a phenomenal game. And the amount of talent, and these are both bottom half teams, I believe. So like, it, it tells you the kind of football that is getting played in the Premier League right now. And uh, as far as this game goes, I, I just think the midfield for Wolves are good enough to exploit what Leeds are going to do. And at the end of the day, like, I still think Ruben Neves is a baller. He's coming into a little bit of form, scoring some penalties. Uh, this Portuguese and scoring penalties seem to just, like, go together right now. And uh, before we go, though, in terms of goal scorers, young goal scorers, where there's two of them, one on each team right now, in Pedro Neto and uh, Patrick Bamford, how do you judge the two of them and, like, who have you been more impressed with thus far this season? I mean, I think I've been a little bit more impressed with Neto just from what he can come in and deliver. And I do think that Bamford is a decent enough player, but I think he's a player who gets a lot of service and kind of has mixed results on that service. Like He will miss a lot of good chances, but kind of his game is getting into that, uh, getting into that chance. And I I don't know. I think Neto is a little bit of more of a player who can, to borrow a basketball term, uh, to make his own shot and make his own opportunities. And I think that um, he's been a little bit more impressive uh, to me from Patrick Bamford. But Bamford's had a nice output this year. I'm not trying to uh, be too down on him. Yeah. I mean, for me, the only difference is the age profile and why I prefer uh, Neto to Patrick Bamford. Having said that, it should be an absolutely phenomenal game to watch. And maybe uh, I'll go in with a parlay with uh, Neto and uh, Bamford to both score a goal. Should be a goal one. This upcoming game is also going to be a good one. Southampton taking on Chelsea. Southampton plus 390. Chelsea at minus 135. 
draw at plus 275, over-unders at 2.5. What do you make of this resurgence of Chelsea and this absolute downfall of Southampton since that loss, since that win against Liverpool? It's really tough to talk about just how far Southampton has kind of fallen in that uh, in that time period because Southampton, you know, when when that Liverpool match happened, I think we all kind of talked about as proof of here they are as European uh, credential challengers. Like this is a team that can come in and disrupt the top six type thing. They've got an outside shot at top four, and that was kind of the conversation that we were having at that point. And just since then. Whew, that has not been the case at all. It's just, I, I don't know. Southampton has not been a team that I, I, has really inspired much of anything from me. A lot of uh, kind of what you saw from this team before, I think it's kind of dried up. Like Shea Adams is still a player who's decent, but he's not really being that influential right now. Danny Ings isn't really scoring goals. It's it's kind of James Ward-Prowse is, is scoring free kicks here and there to kind of inspire some hope, but... Beyond that, there's not really much going on in Southampton right now. When I think of Chelsea, I think of a team that's probably built to kind of take apart what Southampton has tried to do, even when they're playing well. And I, to me, it's difficult to look past Chelsea in this game. They are playing a lot better. They're in much better form ever since Tuchel came in. And I don't, especially at minus 135, the plus two third or plus three nineties uh, for Southampton is very attractive, but it's it's not enough for me to take them over Chelsea. I, I'm going with Chelsea in this game. I think they're just a better team. They can exploit uh, Southampton, and I don't see the poor run of form ending here. Yeah, uh, I would definitely have to agree with that. I'm gonna go with Chelsea, and I think if Chelsea had played this midweek, I might have had a different answer. Uh, but they didn't. I think uh, it gives them time. The Champions League starts. I think players would be raring to go, and you've got Man United the weekend after, so that that would be the only thing, the only reason Like you might see the path to victory for Southampton because the players are starting to look a little bit ahead of themselves, but I think Tucho has done a phenomenal job, and uh, he's going to come out and, I think, take apart his uh, German counterpart for Southampton. And we, you've mentioned this a lot. I'm just going to keep repeating it at this point, I guess. Um, it, it really seems like what they did last season, this is the reverse of that like, I, mirror image of uh, just being great in the first half and then shit in the second half, much like they were shit in the first half and uh, great in the second half last season. So uh, I wonder, we've mentioned this a lot as well when we have had that conversation that we expected a pullback from uh, Danny Ings this season. Like he still was scoring goals for a while, but like we said that he's not going to match the tally. That was the only reason I said they, they're going to miss out in Europe. At this point, do you still see them as European contenders? Like, do you think they have 14 games to go? They, can they change gears and become something better with Spurs and others faltering? Or do you think there's just enough of a talent gap that they are not going to end up getting Europe at all this season? I think it's really tough to see them uh, getting into European spot because at this point, yes, they have a game in hand, but you look at Liverpool who are currently in sixth place sitting on 40 points, uh, Southampton at 29, they're 11 points back there. And it would be one thing if Southampton were kind of firing again and, and you thought maybe that they were going the right direction, 
but they're doing the opposite. They just don't look like they have it together at all right now. And so they kind of have to turn it all the way around uh, to start moving that direction. I think it's going to be really, really tough for them to get to a European spot. I'm just trying to check. Are they still in the FA Cup? Or did they get bounced uh, early? Because that could be a backdoor way for it. It looks like they beat Wolves in the last uh, yeah, FA yeah, Cup yeah, round. So they had the they had the Premier League game after that. So and so they've got Bournemouth next. So you figure they're they're going to likely win that match, and so they'd be in the semifinal of the FA Cup. So that's a backdoor route into Europe for them, and I think that might be where they should prioritize right now. I'm going to say this, if they end up against Man City, it's just going to be a sad side. Of course, yeah. At Wembley. <laughs> I mean, th- this is uh, this is how Cups go right now, right? <laughs> yeah, just uh, make sure you don't face Manchester City. Um, moving on to the next game, I, I think we both will agree that uh, Chelsea are the dominant team, and until Southampton makes us respect them again, um, at least I'm not going to give them any respect against a team like Chelsea. Moving on to the next game, Burnley at plus 105, taking on West Brom at plus 300, draw at plus 230, over under two and a half, relegation six-pointer. I mean, it's bangers after bangers this uh, weekend, wouldn't you say? Yeah, this is a great example of it because it's difficult for me to pin down exactly where I want to go with this because I look at these two managers and this has draw written all over it, right? You think of Sean Dyche, Big Sam, Two managers, plenty happy with the draw. But then I look at where West Brom are on the table, and they're going to have to play desperate. Like, a draw real, it, they're kind of like Fulham, like we just talked about earlier. Like, a draw really is not good enough for them. Um, and I think West Brom are going to have to go for it. Like, they have to look at this as a game that they can ha- try to get three points from. And so... I don't know. I, I kind of like the over in this game. It's a two and a half. Uh, that could kind of be a sneaky spot where if West Brom do have to go and try to attack a game, they, they might lose some space in behind. They might, you know, Pereira might pull something out of his ass like he can at times. Uh, who knows? Um, having said all of that, it's really difficult for me to see West Brom winning this match. I just think that if they do try to play in the front foot, that kind of plays into what Burnley wants the teams to do. And Burnley are just a little bit better overall. And so I'm going to go with Burnley as plus favorites here at home. There's a lot to like um, from that perspective from me, but I guess there is always danger when you're playing a team that's desperate, right? I believe you put that very, very well. I think Burnley are a team that are again, built to take advantage of uh a West Brom kind of a situation where they're going to play a little bit. I really don't want to use the term flair, but like they have players up front who can do a couple of things that Burnley are just going to set back, soak the pressure and be like, Hey, we got our big boys up there and we're going to go out and do something. I will say as far as the game uh, goes, Gary Cahill and the boys at the back for West Brom can come up big in set pieces. So, uh, Sorry, not Gary Cahill. I'm thinking of the wrong Chelsea defender. Uh, Ivanovic plays for uh, okay. West Brom. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, I was about to say, I'm Sorry. sure Cahill Sorry. was at Palace. <laughs> yeah, my bad, my bad. Too, too many Chelsea defenders, to, former Chelsea Fair defenders enough, yeah. to remember. But um, it, uh, they can come up big and set pieces. So I'll keep an eye out for that. Maybe a bet on uh, Ivanovic scoring a header or something like that. 
would not be the worst idea. Moving on to the next game, Liverpool against Everton, the Merseyside derby this weekend. I would have said this is, I mean, this is going to be the most watched game, but might not. I mean, I, I don't really know how else to hype it. It's the Merseyside derby. Uh, Everton taking, uh, Liverpool taking on Everton. Liverpool at minus 220 at home, gaining some momentum as we speak against Everton at plus 625. The draw at plus 355. Over-unders at three. Everton have just not had a good run. And if they hadn't played in the midweek, I would have given them a little bit of a benefit. But both of them, both of the teams played in the mid midweek fixtures. I think Liverpool on the luckier side played on Tuesday instead of Wednesday as well. So do you think uh, Liverpool are going to come out and show some class or do you think Everton are going to show up because they have been, again, unlucky with the fixtures and blah, blah, blah. So what do you think? Yeah, it's a tough one because I do think that this is a match that Everton typically like to show up for. And especially with the Liverpool team that have been dominant recently, I, I think Everton might sense that there's a little bit of blood in the water and try to go for this game a little bit. And I do think of if you if you want to think about where Everton has a path to getting something from this game, I do think it's going to be with Liverpool not having the center backs, maybe being less physical on set pieces. That's really where um, I, I think Everton wants to make most of their hay is, is on those set pieces, on those crosses, on physical aerial battles. And that might be a spot where they have an advantage in this game. Uh, you know, I, I always love the odds for a Yeri Mina uh, goal every time you have a chance for it and you think there might be an opportunity on set pieces. I always recommend a low bet flyer. Um, and I, I think this might be an opportunity for that because I do think this is a match with, you know, you think of all the center backs that Liverpool don't have. It's a, it's going to be a matchup that he might be able to exploit and just get on the end of a corner or, or a free kick. That yeah. said, um, I don't know. I, I have this game as a draw. I think they will play, uh, pretty even. I think Everton has a good path to get something from this game, but I think overall they've been a little bit wasteful uh, with some chances this season. And I think Liverpool have enough quality to see this game through. Uh, they had a good result midweek. They maybe can build upon that a little bit and kind of get a little bit of their mojo back because it was obviously a bad result against City. And, you know, going into the Champions League, kind of turning the page on that may give them a little bit of momentum that they can carry through here. Yeah, Brayden, I completely agree with what you're saying. I think uh, as far as Liverpool are concerned, there is a change in uh, form. So there will be a bit more of a resurgence, I believe. And Everton, for what it's worth, man, they haven't just had the good luck with the games that they've had to play one after the other. And because of that reason, I'm going to take Liverpool big, as far as Everton goes, it sucks to say this, but like when you have to play City and Liverpool and Spurs 120 minutes in the FA Cup, like it, it's just not good. And that's where how you also get a Fulham home defeat uh, on the cards for that. So I, 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 I feel bad for them. But at the same time, I really just don't have a whole lot of sympathy um, in the betting side of things as far as this game goes. Anyway, moving on to another relegation six-pointer, Fulham taking on Sheffield United. Fulham at plus 120, Sheffield United plus 260, draw at plus 215, over-unders at two. This is a game Fulham has to win, right? Like, if they are to catch up with Newcastle, if they are to come out of the relegation zone, 
this has to be three points. Yeah, they absolutely need three points here. They're at home. They're playing uh, the worst team in the league. If you can't get three points here, you don't deserve to stay up, right? Like, I, I just don't think that they have an option here. It's a little unfortunate because I think both of these teams are playing better than they were earlier in the season. And I think that they both, if they played this way for the whole season, I think they'd have a decent shot at staying up. But I think they're both fighting against time right now. And Fulham have a little bit more of a head start. And so they're both going to be two desperate teams here in this situation. So I'm very interested in whether this is a cagey game where both teams are kind of trying to feel the other out and not make the mistake, or whether this is a very open match where uh, both teams are going forward and both teams are trying to win. Because depending on how you view that, uh, the over-under two is really pretty attractive if you think uh, it might go over there. Um, So I, I don't know. I'm going with Fulham in this game. I think they're playing just a little bit better. I think they have a little bit more as far as difference makers in this game, like someone who can step up and, and, you know, pull it from a draw to a win. I think they have a few more of those guys. So I'm going with Fulham, but yeah, this is really the last chance for either of these teams. I feel like they really, really, really need this win. Yeah. I think Fulham in this scenario, especially being at home, being closer to safety, this has to be a win for them. So I'm going to go with them. Um, I think they are playing just a a tiny bit better than Sheffield United right now, who also have had a resurgence of form and kind of, you know, have been playing well in order to make sure that they, as you said, if they played like this the whole season, they would have stayed up too. So uh, I'm just going to go with Fulham because at home and uh, they just seem like the better team right now. Uh, Moving on to the next game, a London derby. West Ham taking on Tottenham. West Ham at plus 160. Spurs at plus 175. The draw at plus 235. Overrunners at 2.5. I'm just going to go ahead and take West Ham. Uh, primarily because Spurs played in the midweek and you normally see a dip in results with Europa League teams playing on sun- Thursday, Sunday schedules. Uh, and West Ham are a very, very good side that I believe are going to just outwork Spurs in this scenario. This one's really interesting to me because you have West Ham as home favorite or not home well, they are home favorites, but plus favorites over Spurs, which is not something that I expected to uh, say at the beginning of this season. And, uh, you know, it's a lot of credit to West Ham. I think they've been a very good, consistent team over the course of this season. And that's kind of the opposite of what Spurs have been. I feel like uh, Spurs are a team we've talked about early on the season as are they potentially going to be the title contending teams to now are they going to miss out? on Europe altogether. And it's really tough for me to figure out where, which team is going to show up for Spurs. Is it going to be the better team that can kind of take apart some of these teams, or is it going to be a a team that just kind of looks lackluster like they've been here recently. When I think about, when I think about the earlier part of the season with Spurs, it was a team that would absolutely destroy you on the counterattack once you made a mistake. And I just don't think this West Ham team really commits forward enough to for Spurs to consistently take advantage of that. I think Spurs will have a couple chances and how that goes will be how this game goes. Like if Spurs get two decent chances and convert both of them, I think they can win this game. 
but whether they convert them is kind of going to be the question. For me, I'm going with a draw in this game. I think that they'll probably play pretty evenly, and I think at the end of the day, I think both teams will be happy with a draw, which I think is kind of one of the key things of whether a draw can happen is whether teams are happy to kind of accept that and sit back and let the game play out. The only thing I'll add to that, and the reason I went with West Ham instead of going with a draw, is because the greatest player England's ever seen is currently playing for West Ham and Jesse Lingard. Okay, on this podcast, that can go so many different directions. I, I don't <laughs> even know what to say. Hey, I mean, you've got Jesse Lingard, you've got the top 100 Premier League player of all time, Mark Noble out there. I mean, what can go wrong, right? What can go wrong? It's a fair point. That will def- I-, I will definitely love to, uh, if they get absolutely slapped in this game, uh, definitely would love to clip that up. Uh, moving on to the next game, a game between two teams that I think are, are much closer in terms of the st- style of football and the way they approach the game, but not very close on the table as things currently stand. Aston Villa taking on Leicester City. Aston Villa at plus 185, taking on Leicester at plus 140, over under... Uh, Draw is a plus 250. Over-under is a two and a half. Um, the reason I just looked over the draw was because I don't think this is going to be a draw. I think this is going to be an Aston Villa win. It's a good one to talk about because I do think that Villa are capable of winning this game. They have the talent. They have seemed like they get up to play a bigger competition. Uh, let, did Leicester have a Europa League match today? I think they play next week. Um, no, they, they play Europa okay. League, you got to play. That's yeah, yeah, that's right. That's why it's such a terrible competition. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so Leicester had the midweek match. Villa, they did take out Vardy and Madison decently early, but they both did start the game. Yeah, that's that's interesting to me. I was ready to take Leicester for this match, but playing in the Europa League always gives me a little bit of a pause. I think you're right that it's not a draw. I'm going to just give Leicester the edge. I think they've got a little bit more to play for. And maybe this is the weekend where the Leicester uh, title chase starts. I, I, I don't know. Like, I do think that Leicester are a little bit more in the mix for a top four spot. And that may be enough to see through and carry them and get to the motivation to to get the three points instead of uh, Villa in the situation. Yeah, I mean, I have to agree, right, as far as Leicester go. But uh, I, I just think playing in the midweek is going to be a bit too much. And as I started off, I think Villa is the move. And with the line that I'm getting with them, uh, I'm going to go with them. I will say the next game, if Manchester City were to lose and Leicester were to win this game, title challenge is on. But uh, until Leicester come out and show me that they can do this on a Europa League week, uh, I'm not going to go that far right now. So I'm going to go with Aston Villa as that goes. Um, moving on to the next game, I already kind of spoiled it. Arsenal taking on Manchester City. Arsenal at plus 550. Manchester City at minus 195. Draw at plus 340. Over-unders at two and a half. We've got the apprentice and the master. Who are you going to go with? Yeah, I mean, in the league, it has not really been very good for Arsenal versus uh, Pep with uh, that matchup between um, Arteta and Helm. I Perfect hair versus no hair. Um, it's I'm torn on this because I think Arsenal are playing a little bit better right now. I do think that they've had a pretty major change in the way that they play as far as 
um, especially the last couple matches uh, with Odegaard and Smith Rowe playing together, I think that have kind of changed the way that they attack a team. And I think with a team that's as, I don't know, when I think of Pep, I think of a team that adjusts to other teams uh, pretty well. Like there's, there's always a game plan for them. Sometimes they adjust a little bit too much, uh, but I, I think it's always a team that um, wants to beat you at what you're best at. And with Arsenal kind of changing things up a little bit, that may catch them by surprise just a little bit. But, you know, Arsenal had to play Thursday in midweek. We just talked about that with uh, Leicester. It's going to be a little bit trickier. City look kind of unstoppable right now. Um, so I don't know. I think this is two pretty decent teams, and I think they'll play a really good match. I'm going to kind of chicken out here and take a draw. Um, I think that you might see Arsenal just create something a little bit early on this match and then they'll kind of fade as the game goes on. Um, because I, I do think that city have the greater depth and are still just way ahead of where Arsenal are right now. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Uh, I'm just going to go a little bit further and take Manchester city in this case. Cause I think, I think the quadruple is on just going to put it out there. I, I think that this is a team with the way they have played the last 17, 18 games They've come in from all the way behind in the league to take a commanding 10-point lead out here. Along with that, they've done well in the cup competitions. They're going through. They have Champions League coming back. So I, I think the quadruple's on for them. And I'm, I think they might not lose a game between now and the end of the season, at least as far as the Premier League goes. So uh, I'm going to go with Manchester City in this game. Yeah, that's, uh, that's quite the statement about not losing a match the rest of the season, but they're, they're capable of this sort of run. Um, they've proven that they can just go on an absolute tear um, if that's what they need to do. Yeah, and I, I also, I'll just say this, like Arsenal having played a very tough game against Benfica today um, is is definitely going to take its toll when it comes down to this game and a game against a team with the quality of Manchester City. Anyway, let's move on to another Europa League a team. Manchester United taking on Newcastle United. Man United minus 360. Newcastle at plus 1,000. Draw at plus 475. Over-unders at three. Um, I'm going to let go to you first. How do you think this game is going to go? For me, it's it's just really hard to look past United in this game. I know that the odds are miserable at minus 360. I know that they played midweek. I just, this Newcastle United team right now are not playing very well. I don't think that this will be anything that different. I think Manchester United go out and take care of business. They just have more talent all across the pitch. And I do think that after a relatively straightforward uh, match against Sociedad in Europa League, I think they can focus on this match and see it through as opposed to having to navigate a tricky uh, tie, like say Arsenal have to do with uh, it being a one, one uh, situation for them. And I, I think they can go ahead and go out and take care of business. So I'm going to take Manchester United and you can tell me why Newcastle are favorites to win this game. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm going to go with the same theme of Europa league. Like at the end of the day, you had to see Bruno play almost nine. He played 80 minutes. I believe you had Mason play 80 minutes. Yes. Like, uh, I think Rashford played a whole lot as well, 70, 75 minutes, if I'm not wrong. So 
uh, I, I think it's going to take its toll. And uh, Newcastle are a team that's just more than happy to sit behind and kind of attack on set pieces. And that's kind of their mojo. And United don't defend set pieces well. And uh, like, he's going to, like, Ole is going to start Lindelof in this game. And Lindelof is just not the guy, in my opinion, when it comes down to players like Callum Wilson and possibly Andy Carroll and shit, who might come on later on. So um, I'm going to go with the Newcastle in this game just because I think United in the Premier League, one win in their last five, I believe, have taken a real dip since the time they were top of the table. And I think uh, the lack of... I should, actually, there shouldn't be. I, 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 I just don't think United can turn around and put in two quality performances so close to each other, having the Europa League travel on their legs as well. So I'm just going to go with Newcastle because of that reason. Uh, moving on to the last game of the weekend, Brighton taking on Crystal Palace. Brighton at minus 140. Palace set plus 425. Draw at plus 250. Over and at two and a half this is a rivalry i believe in england uh, between these two teams the seagulls and the eagles yeah i i was looking at that and um there there is a little bit of a rivalry here which i did not expect because you usually see that kind of more local teams than brighton and london but yeah here we go so for me this is a really tricky game to pick because You've got Palace at plus 425. I think they're generally better than that, but they're a team that's really bad without Wilfried Zaha. And I just checked the, the kind of the injury scuttlebutt for him, and it seems like he's probably going to miss this game as well. He, he did say that the hamstring's improving, but it, it seems like he's going to miss this game. And I'm going to go ahead and take Brighton. They're playing a little bit better right now, and... Just without Zaha, there there's not much about this Palace team, and so I even at plus four twenty five for Palace, I, I'm gonna stay away in this one and take Brighton. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Brighton as well in this game. I think uh, we've said it over and over again on this podcast about how they just don't win games, they don't finish their chances. But I think uh, Br- Palace are just will be just vulnerable enough not having Zaha in this game for uh, Brighton to take advantage of it. So I'm gonna go with Brighton as well. Having said that, that brings us to an end to uh, this week's podcast, this week's preview podcast. Uh, we are going to do one more game, the Leeds-Southampton game, because, you know, we have the lines for that. We're not going to be able to preview and get it out in time. So Leeds plus 125, Southampton plus 215, over under a three draw at plus 255. Where do you see that game go, sir? I see it taking the over and <laughs> taking the over early and often at three. Like, uh... This is a match I think I could easily see it in 2-2. It could end like 4-2. I I can see a lot of goals being scored in this match. And in some ways, this might be a good get-right spot for Southampton. And so if you want to lean into a little bit this week, I'd maybe... If you expect Southampton to lose this week, which I, I certainly do against Chelsea. I might wait until after that match to, to go in on this one. Cause you might get a little bit better line. If that move, if that moves a little bit uh, in Leeds direction. And so I'd be really interested in taking Southampton after they lose to Chelsea uh, for this match. And I like the over, I, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens 
else there. Um, it's difficult to pick games when there's both teams are playing another match beforehand because you just don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, uh, that is very, very fair. I'm, I'm going to go with a, a draw in this game. I think both teams are going to score a lot of goals and it's going to end up being like a 3-3-2-2 kind of a Premier League classic. So we're promising classics to begin and end the preview. At least I am promising classics to begin and end the betting uh, side. So I'm definitely looking forward to how both of them end nil-nil this weekend. Uh, yeah, I, I know, right? I, I will say uh, after you kind of took that slightly pessimistic turn uh, this week, I did want to mention that uh, specifically lead Southampton, I see as a really good opportunity to um, Bovada and, and most books give a line for an over under of obviously the three that they posted, but sometimes they'll give you like four and a half, even like five and a half and give you like plus 600 uh, plus 900 type odds for those. This is one of those games. I think it makes sense to put a very small amount on something like that because there's a decent chance that it hits i think yeah i mean i i definitely do agree with that uh if i might look it up myself to go if like if there's a four and a half uh in this game it, uh what the odds would that would be having said that uh thank you for listening sorry about all the technical difficulties we've had a long evening trying to record this uh multiple different takes in order to get this done so, uh, so just bear with us it's gonna be okay and uh Thank you for all the love and support and subscribe. And uh, we shall see you next week with a bunch of results and what we think about them. Cheers. Bye-bye.